0: Welcome to the Triathlete Hour. We have a fun episode today, the age group special, with lots going on. We'll be talking to the woman who won USA Triathlon's Most Inspirational Comeback Award for the year. Tracy Kochan is just a regular age grouper, mom and lawyer, who went through one setback after another. So here she shares some tips, some insight, and tells us what it's like for so many people when we just have one thing go wrong after another. We're calling this our age group special because we'll also be hearing before that from Nicola Dick, who chairs the World Triathlon Age Group Commission. She tells us what exactly that is and how they're trying to get more age groupers out at world triathlon races. Now, we recorded this before the World Triathlon Championship Series race in Leeds this past weekend, which is a big deal to Nicola in the UK. So first, to break down that Leeds race this past weekend where everything and anything happened, we'll be talking to Sid in our regular Sid Talk segment to dissect the Olympic chances now that we've seen the big names on the race course and what Lucy Charles Barkley's fifth-place debut means and what's going on with COVID and all these race restrictions. All of that in this week's episode. All right, we're back with Sid for Sid Talks to talk all things UK. All right. Leeds <laughs> happened this week. Did you, were you, did you see it? Were you out there? Oh my God. How exciting was it? I wasted
1: a whole day. Well, so for start, I was like went to bed Saturday night watching the start of Cairns, which we'll come on to woke up. Cairns was still going. Went out and did some training and then waste, not wasted. I lost a whole afternoon because I could not leave my computer watching the Leeds WTS races. So I got nothing that I'd planned to do done. But It was amazing. It was so exciting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I always feel like how much you know if you didn't watch it, it was just a very dramatic race in the women's race. Um, I mean, the big story is Lucy Charles Barkley got fifth, even though yeah. my husband said, "Is that good?" Yes, that's very very yes. good. Like that's crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, crazy. And she kind of yeah. like um, blew up the race. Really, is the oh, she? She totally
1: blew the race up in that swim. I mean, I don't sure any of us like we all knew she was a good swimmer. Um. But I think just no one expected it to, I mean, I expected it to string it out, I think, but not like have that gap. So, and that basically put Lucy, and full credit, if that was the strategy, um, basically put her in the right position for the race because it meant she was in a smaller pack for then taking on a quite a technical bike course in her first draft legal racing um, and also obviously set it up for Jess Learmouth and Sophie Coldwell, and Maya Kingman to get off the front and, and take the podium. It, yeah. So, and then I, I thought I was just impressed with her run as well. Like she was seventh, I think it was seventh fastest run split of the she day. Ran,
0: she ran like a 35 flat. So she came yeah. off. I mean, yes, yeah, she benefited from like swimming and blowing it up, stringing it out. She was in a small group, but they still would have been caught by the main pack, except that then, uh, Flora Duffy, Taylor <laughs> Spivey. Right. And they're yeah. going to make sure like Flora's going to, there was a point where I like, <laughs> I want to say they were yelling at her, but there was like some discussion.
1: <laughs> like, this is I, what's I, happening. I think, I think Lucy would have received some pretty harsh on-the-job training during that bite. <laughs> like, you could see it when it was just the three of them and Taylor was there. She was like trying to control it. But obviously yeah, there was a lot riding on Taylor for her race, Taylor Spivey. And then obviously Flora Duffy just, like who rides off a pack and bridges up to another group? No one but Flora. Um, and you could tell that they were kind of helping guide her around the course. But you know, full credit to Lucy, she took a turn at the front. She made you know she did take pulls and almost she was, I'd say working harder. That's not the right way. But you know, because she wasn't probably as smooth as the other girls around the corners, she her spiking of power because she'd have to then catch back on and then recover and catch back on. I mean to me she did not look comfortable on the bike but then she is not used to riding a road bike at high power, I'm guessing. I mean, but and then she looked she looked really good on yeah. the run.
0: And then she ran away. I mean, yeah, so they got off the bike together. Obviously, Flora runs away, almost catches the front <laughs> group because, you know, <laughs> whatever. But Lucy outruns I mean, Taylor Sivey, who's like ranked number yeah. two in the world right now. Like so Lucy ran very so then the big question, Sid, is so Lucy finishes ahead of people going to the Olympics, finishes ahead of like Olympic medal yeah. contenders. Is she gonna go? Yeah. Like, should she go for the Olympics? not this um, one the
1: next one no well, not this one obviously Look, i think i know she's been wanting to go to the commonwealth games which for those american listeners is happens next year it's in birmingham it's in the uk it's the commonwealth nations countries their except Olympics. except for guys. us right except for the US. <laughs> so they the us we don't like the us in that competition um and i think i've read that yeah since a little girl she's had those olympic aspirations didn't make it with swimming, but now I think probably that race at the weekend might give her confidence that, you know, she's still fricking young enough. <laughs> she's still like right. so young, but you know, so she's got time potentially for for Paris. And I think like it shows that she's she's got the run and she we know she's got power on the bike. And so, and obviously she's got the swim. And so technically she can learn the skills she needs to on the bike. She can learn about that racing. And even if she starts as a, you know, a domestique kind of role for whoever of the Brits is going through for Paris, I mean, that's still, she'd still be, if she's going to swim like that. And I, I, I mean, I think, oh, we can't talk about Tokyo because she's not in Tokyo, but I would say, I think Flora Duffy would be more clued into, or, and the other women would be more switched on to make sure that that break doesn't happen in the swim right, again. Right, For sure. Um, I mean,
0: for sure there's an element bad. here where these first two,
2: <laughs> <Surprise>.
0: <laughs> yeah, these first two kind of like World Triathlon Series, Championship Series races that we've had before Tokyo have been full of surprises because it's been a lot yeah. of like, well, we haven't seen this person ever, or we haven't seen this person in two years. And, you know, the bike breakaway that happened in Yokohama, like that's not going to happen. They're not going to let them get away that way. And the the swim, yeah. like the way Lucy blew up the swim, like that's not going to happen in Tokyo, because they're they're going to be paying more attention. So there's definitely an amount where it's like, there have been some shakeups for sure. Yes.
1: <laughs> but you know, like I, I, I just think it's incredibly impressive. And I don't want to take away from Maya Kingma who won, Jess Limeth, who came back from injury to come second, Sophie Coldwell. It was her first WTS podium. There were, I mean, if you, I think it was Brad Culp that actually tweeted, you know four Brits in the top seven, only one's going to the Olympics kind of thing. And I think all seven Brits are in the top 20 and only one of those going to the Olympics. But Lucy's performance from going from, just the versatility of her as an athlete, that she can compete. There would be very few other long course athletes that can go back and then compete at IT or WTS level. And yes, if the dynamics of the race were different and there was a big pack on the bike, I think it would have been different. But hey, she set it up to give her the best chance with that swim. Yeah. Um, so it was a, uh, she also- she does have the benefit of being the best swimmer in the long distance. Like I, And I think that is key. I think it's her swimming ability was key for her being able to switch the short distance.
0: Right. Cause she did just obviously also race a 1500 in the pool. So she's not yeah. like she hasn't been doing short stuff. She yeah. did manage to, I mean, we said she blew up the race, but she also managed to like mess with a bunch of people who are trying to lock down their Olympic qualifying because she blew up the race. Cause she, so for the U S women, one spot left going to be decided, as we keep saying, it's going to be decided by discretion, by a committee. Uh, Katie's a fairest. You know, world champion Taylor Spivey, fourth, second in the world right now. Kirsten Casper, we got a third like two weeks ago at a World Cup race. Though They were on the line. And Lucy just, I mean, I don't want to say she messes, but Katie didn't make that swim group and her race was basically over. She never caught back up. It was like, oh shit. <laughs> like, so, and then, and then obviously Lucy outran Taylor Spivey. So it's just sort of like, man, I don't know what the US selection committee does now.
1: Oh, I mean, uh, I mean, I thought it was quite a brave decision by British triathlon to give Lucy a start in such a key race in the series, given so much on the line. But I guess for British triathlon, they don't care about the US team. So, <laughs> so they're like, hey, yeah, let's chuck her in. And um, Because they did give some other younger Brits coming through some chance and they had good, good performances. Oh, my gosh. I was messaging friends here i saw vincent louis in the cafe in the morning kind of thing because he was he didn't travel to race and we were chatting and they're messaging friends and I to be clear oh, to
0: people who don't know gossip vincent is taylor's boyfriend okay so
1: yeah. i kind of forget that um it was so i was just so stressed watch like emotional high and low watching the race because as soon as you saw that front group of six out the water and you're like oh my god taylor's in that group this is kind of setting up for her race and then Katie was in that chase pack, but then the chase pack never really, you know, you'd normally think they would probably catch up, but they didn't really seem to organize themselves and you kind of saw things all slipping away. But yeah, I still don't know who they will pick. And we've, we, we've talked off- yeah. offline about the pros and cons of where, where would that fit? Um,
0: uh, yeah. I mean, I, you can line up the arguments for and against. I'm not saying yeah. I even know what I would do. I mean, the yeah. arguments for, and I'm going to write this all out, but the argue like Taylor is performing better right now. Taylor's been consistent. She's been like fourth, fourth and sixth like most recently. Katie um, has not had
1: those performances. Yeah. But then like, and, and recently. like with with Taylor, if you see her swimming like that with that front pack, she's got the swim speed for like a relay spot as
0: well. Right. And but then, then like, Katie, Katie yeah. obviously Taylor's never, I mean, she has medal, like she has podium, but she's never, you know, she hasn't won a world championship. Katie's won a world championship. So if your criteria in the U.S. Triathlon Selection Committee's criteria is medal potential and relay. So if your criteria is like, well, we want a medal, do you take the person who has performed at the big races, but isn't performing right now, which maybe is just because, you know, her dad died, she's coming off. Or do you take the person who's on form and consistent? Yeah. That's what they're, that is literally what the selection committee, I'm sure, is arguing over constantly right now what do you do
1: and i don't know what the right answer
2: is <laughs> I <like> them both. <laughs> it's so hard it's so hard
0: oh my God. so it's um and i actually think i mean with the way the british women look with the way maya kingma has looked the last two races with the way flora looked i don't know that the u.s women end up with a medal even like regardless um, of who they send
1: my I think Maya Kingma has been incredibly impressive. She's young and you can see that bit of confidence. The Olympics could be a big stage of nerves Mm -hmm. for her, but I'm sure she's got a team around her. I think Flora Duffy's
0: still looking like a pretty... Her versus Georgia Taylor-Brown are my picks for... for
1: Because, like, you just don't... Like, the way she rode... Flora will not make the mistake... She'll be fuming after that swim and she will not be making that mistake again. But as we said, Lucy won't be in Tokyo. But... No one just right. Like, you see very rarely someone. She rode from pack. She rode off the front of a massive chase pack up to the three, to Taylor, um, Lucy, and uh, Victoria Lopez. And then in the run, she kind of did the same. And just and then she out. ran the fastest run of the day. Yeah. Man, yeah. And just so, looked okay. comfortable with it and was probably just f- being fueled by aggression and anger and, and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, but I think she's still probably...
3: The favorite, I, yeah.
1: You know, if she gets, I reckon, you know, there will be a, there potentially could be a break in Tokyo, but I think, you know, it would be the Jess Learmouth, the Flora, the Maya Kingma, and hopefully, well, hopefully from a British perspective, Georgia Taylor-Browns on there right. as well in that group. And then they've got power on the bike to, ho- in theory, stay away. But, I mean, who knows? It's Tokyo and oh, it yeah. brings out, the Olympics brings out all kinds of... Uh,
0: I know. I mean, this is the thing. You say all these predictions, and then you'll have a wild card. Yeah. Because honestly, the other half of the race was the men's race. And the men's race, it's been making it impossible for me to finish our predictive Olympics <laughs> issue because yeah. I do not know what is going to happen in the men's race. Like, We now have Alex Yee won his first a World which every world Triathlon Championship Series race this weekend in front of a hometown. Everyone's been saying he was due, right? Yeah. In, the in theory, seen. going... He made it look. Like he, he ran away from everyone by a lot. To be clear, like men's races, you don't win by 25, 30 seconds. It's you like you just don't. It doesn't happen. No. That's how, and he did, and he won. And going into the race, it was down to like is Britain is Great Britain going to pick him or Alistair Brownlee? And he basically was like, "You're going to pick me." <laughs> like, <that's laughs> like, it was different.
1: like he was running around the course with like a massive big sign above him, saying, "And you know, like you would better." friggin pick me this is a big big like i think someone the commentator is saying you know it's not just a little nudge it's like a full-on push to the selection committee to go like there's a statement of intent
0: Um, but he came out and then morgan pearson was second after being third two weeks ago and those these are two people that everyone who is in the weeds on world triathlon which is like a dozen people have been saying we're about to break through, yeah. and then COVID's just given them this. So now, all of a sudden, your medal predictions—you're like, oh, it's going to be Vince Louise, it's going to be Christian Blum. You're like, shit, am I wrong? Like, who is it going to be? I don't know.
1: And, and again, I, you know, I think as much as that performance for Alex and Morgan was amazing, and Alex needed to do that to just cement his kind of claim on that Olympic spot, but. The Vincent Louise, the the Norwegians, the um, other favourite medal contenders. It's also shown a massive red flag to them before the right. Olympics of going Morgan Pearson. I keep saying I keep wanting to call him Morgan Freeman, which is totally wrong. But <laughs> Morgan Pearson and Alex Yee are gonna get pummeled in the swim or oh, yeah. you know, that, that's what the that's in theory what the others are gonna think of. They cannot be with the front pack coming off the bike. Because then it's game over. Whoever whoever it will be between them. But the rest of the field's got to be thinking, how do we get rid of those two before we even get to the run?
0: So, you think so? For people who don't know too, Alistair Brownlee got DQ'd for dunking <laughs> one of the American athletes, yeah. not Morgan, a different one. Yeah. So, you think that's what everyone's going to be Ace thinking?
1: McCreely, the best name ever. <laughs> so, you're it's saying lovely. that going into
0: Tokyo, everyone's going to be like, all right, guys, like, <laughs> <laughs> we got to do this to Morgan and
1: Alex. But make sure you don't do it when the TV camera's on. It was that was kind of like I was watching their men's race and they were talking about how. Somebody had gone, missed the the buoy or, or whatever. And then it, it panned back and I was looking, I was going, oh yeah. And someone's just got dunked kind of thing. Yeah. And, but just didn't, I was just like, but that's what happens. It's, it's pretty vicious. And I didn't see it as a dunking. I, I actually thought, oh, I think they've just had to swim over the back of someone, but it just looks like they've done that. Mm. Now I'm assuming that was the instant I didn't know who it was at the time. And look, I, well, I don't know. Yes. I'm there sports, are split feelings on it. Yeah. 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 And Yeah, I know, Alec, you know, those things happen in a swim. Um, You know, you have to swim over the back of people sometimes and stuff like that. But there is, I don't know whether in the heat of it and there's been reports of, yes, maybe it was probably a little bit more than was needed. I don't know. Um, I think he,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for sure those things happen. I believe the reason the refs called it was intentionality. It looks very intentional yeah. on the video. The other thing that I found interest, I mean, whether it it also is bizarre because it didn't affect, Al, like, it didn't really affect the race. Alistair yeah, was super, like, it, it is what it is. The thing I found really interesting is apparently the athletes had asked for more cameras in the swim because of all of the uh, ongoing stuff that goes down. Uh huh. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of, we'll see yep. what happens in Tokyo.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think you know, you look at the 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 what potentially before this race was the British dilemma was very similar to the US. You've got Alistair, who is proven two-time Olympic medalist, can always or normally can perform on the day on a big race, but isn't in shape, has been struggling with injury. You've got Alexy until the weekend hadn't kind of sort of I think he had podium, but then came out and win. So like, who do you pick? But I. I think from looking at social medias, Alistair's pretty much thrown in the towel and He's said done, yeah. the British team have a great, great team. Alex deserves to go kind of thing. I'm 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 done. I've been struggling with injury and now it's time to get that get that fixed. And it, it was kind of sad to see it's always yeah. sad to see someone have a race. You know, he clearly loves racing. and um, he clearly loves the WTS style of racing and wanted to give it another crack because that's where his passion is but to just see him have struggled to get back from injury and not be the Alistair that we used to know like riding off the front and stuff like that is it's kind of a shame but you know it's it was sort of a sad
0: <laughs> yeah it was sort of like a sad goodbye for you know yeah. like a double yeah. gold medal like one of the best Olympic triathletes yeah ever yeah that's it yeah but kind of, we'll see him again in Kona where he doesn't yeah. sub as eight? well yet. Yeah.
2: I sub eight. We'll see his sub eight. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There was yeah. uh it was the other thing you were t- messaging me about was, so this race happened in Leeds. It happened in the UK. Clearly there were 55 women, 50, 55 yeah. men, something like that. Like people who flew in for the race and were given sp- like, cause the whole situation right now in the UK is like you, there you have to, get special permission for a designated, like, special event. Right? Like, it has to be designated as a special pro-something-something something event. Yep. And they are apparently not going to designate Ironman UK as a special event. So foreign athletes cannot fly in and get special permission to race it. So it's going to be a completely well, local... They can.
1: So foreign athletes can go to Ironman UK, but they have to abide by the government rules, which is 10 days quarantine. Mm. Which pretty much says foreign athletes aren't coming to Ironman UK. <laughs> at
0: least, I mean, at least most of the pros aren't, right? Like yeah, right now.
1: pros, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Right now, I think it's like three women are, are, are starting. Well,
1: well, yeah. So the start list actually, like this last week, look, started to look pretty healthy. And I think, you know, like, as we were saying, people are leaving it quite late. And then there's been a few <laughs> more races got under the way. And so people were probably looking ahead. And actually quite a few people had signed up and started put their names down so the Ironman UK start list. And then Ironman come out. I think they then probably realized what was going on and all these athletes were joining and then realized, so they put this email out saying that, yeah, it's not a designated special event. So if you're coming from overseas, you have to quarantine for 10 days. So which basically means that it's back to UK residents only. Um, the last I looked, I think there was two. I saw another British athlete sign up today that's three of them it's got a 100k prize purse though <laughs> so you like well
0: i mean you're seeing this uh happen kind of everywhere like canada still has really strict restrictions on travel and the world triathlon series championship was supposed to be in edmonton in august and friday they i mean they're still going to have the elite race because again that's 50 athletes that you can control and like put in a hotel and but they canceled all the age group races because they were like, we can't mm-hmm. handle 3000 people trying to go through the two week quarantine, go, like all the, because yeah. you know, this isn't like, because they also have a thing where it has to be a designated special event and all that, whatever. So, we, you know,
1: yeah, you know, look, I, I, I get that from an age group perspective. Like, and I know we're going to talk about something else in terms of age group spots and qualification, but from a pro like, and for an Ironman race, you, your pro field is not like a WTS field. So it's
0: small.
1: It's yeah. small. So you should, I would have thought there would be an ability to get allowance and say, yeah, you know, like everyone who went to the WTS, they still bubbled and they were still restricted a lot of time in their hotel room, but they could get out on course and stuff like that. And it just makes, it just, to me, then you look at the crowds in Leeds and it was amazing as a race, but it's like, hang on a minute, there's 4,000 people in the crowd. No one's social distancing. No one's having a mask on. There was age group races going on as well. But you're not gonna let fifteen pros yeah. enter and race. I'm in UK where everyone's far more spread out because it's like <laughs> and all of that and it and it's just. But hey, it's COVID and who are we to to say?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it has to do with the designation of the event, right? Because once yeah. they designate it as some kind of event, then that designates it, then everyone can. Yeah. But it shows them the.
1: the the level of where WTS racing is in the world as right. an Olympic sport compared to the professional long course
0: Ironman UK event. Um, You also mentioned Ironman, Carnes, Cairns, whatever, in Australia <laughs> happened, which again, I mean, Australia is another one where it's only Australian athletes these days. Nobody can get in or out because of the, you know, fairly strict, like to be clear, or like they, for they, and, they were, they
1: had, they could have Kiwis. So they've got a little okay. like in a Oceania little bubble. So yeah.
0: But I mean, I, I also always feel like when we say in the U S like, like we mean actual quarantine, we don't mean like, cause in the U S we like say, yeah. Oh, quarantine, but we mean, please don't do anything stupid. <laughs> like no, Australia, you are like in a hotel for two weeks, Canada. Yeah. You're like in a hotel for two weeks, like yes. government run. You get your, I believe my friend who was just doing this in Canada got 30 minutes outside in the courtyard every day. Yeah. And that was so it. Get,
1: food gets delivered outside your room Yes, that you're not, you just pick up. I'm not sure it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Karen's happened. Kona spots were on the line. Kona spots are a little confusing this year. I've been talking to a lot of people trying to sort it out because it's, I mean, it's just being, spots are being added to races last minute. It's just, it's a little confusing because yeah. of all that. And so my understanding is Karen's had Kona spots. You had to accept and pay for it right there, but you don't know if you're going to be able to get out of Australia and to Hawaii. or
1: yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's how I understood it. Is that like you, yeah, you'd have had to accept your spot there and then and pay the money. But if you can't leave Australia or you can't enter the U S there is no, because of the government restrictions still, that's it. You've lost your, that's, I mean, I guess that's just sort of there's no deferral. No.
0: I mean, I, yeah, I guess that just sort of is what it is, right? Like, that is how Kona always happens in non, right? Like, you don't get to transfer, yeah. you don't but get it, to defer. But at the moment, it's interesting
1: because, yeah, but normally the, those restrictions aren't out of your hands. But at the right. moment, nobody nobody in Europe can get into the States.
0: Like, no, I mean, obviously we've had some pros come over here, but oh, none of the, right. like, regular people. Yes, yeah. but
1: no, yeah, no regular. So no age at could get into the states at the moment
0: to race Kona. We're gonna have a a U.S. World Championships. It's gonna be it's great. exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird though, and I mean, I've talked to lots of people and trying to figure this out. And I, I, in Iron Man's defense, I do think they're trying to. Figure it out as they go. Like I think they're oh. like, oh, we'll add some spots here, we'll add some spots there. We'll like, we'll you know adjust. We'll like, will people need to transfer from this race to this race? Like it's just, it's still kind of a mess. Oh, I,
1: I do not envy them at all, <laughs> yeah. but, but I'm quite happy to sit on my sofa and throw throw my comment. <laughs> <laughs> but don't want to make that decision. <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, it's just, it's
1: the whole race scene this year. I mean, it's great. We're back racing, but obviously, then with we- with the fact that we've got races happening, just comes a whole load of confusion and tape of people just as everyone is trying to manage this situation. And, you know, we keep getting, you know, light at the end of the tunnel and things seem to be lifted. And then the UK gets excluded from everywhere in Europe again, or or whatever country it is. And then but Spain welcomes everybody. Doesn't matter. You don't need a PCR test. Just come to Spain. It's fine. But yeah. Well, that it's was good. the uh,
0: the funny thing about them canceling the age group race in Edmonton, Canada, the the World Triathlon one. That's like the champion. They said they're looking for another location, and I could be like, "What <laughs> other? What? Where is going to let you have this?" <laughs> so, Spain, no. You're like Florida, Texas, Spain. That's there. You go. <laughs> yeah, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so there was one other piece of big triathlon news this last week uh you know since we've been talking about iron man they what was challenge us broke off from challenge they put on the very pot the daytona race they put on the miami race with paul and they broke off from challenge and said they're going to be launching a bunch more track based races so like on race tracks like daytona like miami the new ones are going to be in watkins Gl- watkins Glen in new york yep. and in atlanta they're also going to be adding all these other things where there's gonna be like a mountain bike race and a uh, you can't say Ragnar because Ragnar's, but like a running relay overnight race. There's going to be like yeah. a wine festival. And, I'm in. But yeah. I'm in
1: the wine festival. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's interesting because uh, while it is nice, like the US, Europe, you guys have had a lot of challenge races and a lot of independent races. In the US, yeah. um, we just haven't had as much like that. So it has been pretty limited to Ironman or like very small local races. So it is nice to have a competitor. Uh, They did say their business model is going to be TV based. Like they're hoping to sign TV deals like they had for Daytona and that's how they will make money, um, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, it, it was great that we had sort of challenge family coming into the U.S. with challenge North America. And yes, it was very going to be always sort of that around the NASCAR track type racing. Um, But it was kind of exciting to get that other brand. Now, I mean, we still have another event company now. They've just got a different name. I think we're still going to see all those elements that we saw in Daytona and Miami of that TV coverage. That's what they want to bring to the sport. But it's obviously going to have a – they're trying to broaden that to more – different endurance events and make it a big festival weekends, which is funny because that is kind of what challenge is about. Challenge is a weekend of events for the whole family. Um but you know, but I think they've got these the the Clash group. Um have got you see I've got Chase McQueen in my head now. So oh, I yeah, just, like Chase. That,
0: like, but, but like, to be clear, Challenge US like what was Challenge US is now calling itself Clash. Yes. Clash. So
1: um you know, they've got great relationships, obviously, with the NASCAR tracks. They've already built those um those relationships with the the media companies and with the TV companies. And I think they will do it very well to promote the sport through those live live packages. Um, you know, we saw that in Daytona. That was mm-hmm. that was the the NASCAR team, the challenge, the then Challenge North America team. We saw it in Miami. I think it was probably even better um i think they are just going to get better and better at packaging up the races um and, and yeah selling that to the and you know it, it, it's just visibility i guess that we need to get at. yeah i
0: mean ahead. they do a good i think we all agree they do a good job they're testing out even newer graphics newer commentary like yeah. new ways you know to do moving leaderboards, all that stuff the big question of course is just like well, enough people watch, right? Well, enough people watch that you can sell a contract on it. Um, they were comparing it to – cross, like when I talked to them and they showed me the numbers and stuff – to CrossFit games. Like that's kind of what they're aiming for um, because the CrossFit games, you know, it is very, very niche, but it makes $60 million when yeah. they t- air it on TV for four days, and it's a big deal, and I yeah. watch it. It's fun.
1: I, I know. I, I think I – I think I found it on it was something must have been one on Netflix and started watching it and stuff. And then it was like, how much money is involved in this winning this A event? Lot. And like, how many people are there in the crowd to watch someone do some burpees, which are horrible? <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. And it blew me away actually, kind of like the the appeal and the that that has. And so, I mean, if they can capture anywhere near that kind of audience, right. it'd be incredible for the sport. Um, and I know they've got big ideas, and Bill Christie, the CEO, has big visions, crazy ideas. Some stick kind of thing. Some will move on and do something new. Um, but they, I think, they've got the foundation there with the relationships they already have with the with the media, media and TV companies. That I hope they can do something really cool.
0: Yeah, it'll be a. Uh... It'll be interesting. I love the CrossFit games. So, and yeah. I like watching triathlon. So, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. We'll see how we're, just, it goes. We're, we're like gearing up. I'm like
1: getting stressed about the Olympics assuming it is still happening and like how I'm going to plan my time and work out what time zones I'm on and just the fact that all races are going to be off cuz I'm going to be glued to every like <laughs> to every every channel trying to work out what's going on in sports.
0: <laughs> well, fortunately for us in the US, the triathlon races are actually at a very convenient time. They're about 4 p.m. East Coast time, oh, our time. So it's very nice, very lovely. Yeah. I will have all the information on our site you can watch. So yeah, go. It's going to be very exciting. But yeah, I love I love watching the Olympics. So.
1: Oh, it's the best. It's the best. So good. All
0: right. Well, thanks for breaking it all down for us, Sid. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Kelly. Power your next adventure with Outside Plus. Our Outside Plus membership gives you access, not just to exclusive triathlete content, but to content across all our network brands, like Backpacker, Velo News, Outside Magazine, and Trail Runner. With an annual membership, you get two magazine subscriptions, two Velo Press books, a library of resources like yoga journal meditation classes and clean eating meal plans, gear and event discounts, access to Gaia GPS, dozens of training plans through today's plan software and a free finisher picks package each year, all for just $99. This is the world's best resource for training, nutrition, know-how, and how-tos. Join at triathlete.com backslash outside plus that's outside P L U S one word, dot com. All right. This week, we're talking to Nicola Dick, who heads the World Tri Age Group Commission. You also run an Airbnb. Sorry, we call them Airbnbs. A bed and breakfast. You race. You have four kids. You kind of do a whole lot of everything. You were just telling me all about. I think you called it your random life.
2: It is random. It is random. Somebody said um, I ricochet through my life, and I think yeah, probably they're right. Yeah, but the age group, uh, the age group stuff is really important to me.
0: So I understand you didn't even get started in triathlon until you were in your 40s, right? So how did you find it? How did you get started in the first place?
2: So my husband said I would be rubbish at it. (laughs) So I went away and without him knowing, I trained for a 10K. I used to play a lot of hockey, so I knew how to work hard. Mm I knew what I needed to do. Went away, did a 10K, did a reasonable time. Swimming was totally appalling but I've always been able to ride a bike. So he and I entered a little local race, and I won it. And I thought, oh, okay, actually, no, I know. I know I've made all those hideous beginner mistakes, you know, in transition when you try and put too many clothes on and you can't run off the bike. I thought, actually, no, I really like this. This actually floats my boat. Okay. So carried on, carried on. I I found the International Age Group Racing by mistake just because of bumping into friends. And then then that really took off. So the first race for that was Hamburg. And then once you've done one, you absolutely can't get out of it because you rock up to the first one, you think, what on earth am I doing here with all these people that are much better than me, much better bikes. And then you go off the start line and you think, actually, no, I, it's all right. I can do this. And then you finish and you think, when's the next one? Absolutely, when's the next one?
0: So you're talking about, uh, I mean, what used to be called ITU, now called World Try age group like world championships right so the first one you did was in hamburg okay
2: so then we did some europeans and some worlds and then you find yourself within a community of really like minded people all over the world and you find whenever you race you're bumping into the same people and and it just it becomes quite addictive it does (laughs) until this year until last year until last year right
0: right and i uh i mean we've talked about this with a number of people before but ITU racing, shorter racing, is so much more popular in Europe than it is here. I mean, you guys seem to have a much more robust age group scene.
2: Yes, if you rock up any r- international race, there'll be it'll be a lot of Brits. Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at European racing, there'll be a lot of Brits. Um, doing triathlons less so in the duathlons but we kind of like have this circus of us that seem to move around the world and when we were looking at it in Europe and saying why we needed more more athletes in Europe so I was working with the European Commission to get more athletes racing age group racing and um, one of my things I said was it'd be really cool if there were no Brits on the podium <laughs> That'd be really cool because that would mean all the other nationalities were racing. Um and we found that uh, Scandinavian countries, um, a lot of those go long distance. Mm-hmm. Do a sprint, then go long distance, they won't ITU as it was then race or ETU race. And we found a lot of like the Benelux countries like France, Belgium, Germany, Holland, those countries, they all have such good internal systems that a lot of them were staying in their own country. Hmm. So that was what was going on there. And then when you go to a world's race, you get a lot of Mexicans. So you get a lot of Mexicans and you get the Americans, you get the Canadians and the New Zealanders and the Australians. But nothing like the numbers and the breadth of ability that you get from the Brits. So that's that's what we want to help as well.
0: Why do you, I mean, is it is it all a Brownlee effect? Like, why is that? You guys seem to care so much more about the uh, no, like Olympic no. distance. No, no. no,
2: the Brownlee effect has affected the newcomers. Definitely, right. yeah, but it hasn't affected the hardcore age groupers. Okay, who tend to not be that bothered about the brownies. They're more they're, they're quite into their own age group racing. Yeah. You know, they're quite like looking at their power meters and they want PBs left, right, and centre. And, and then you know, and they forget the fact that a swim course is different the year before because the boys are blown around and they get very excited when they can get a PB because basically the boys have moved or, or, right, or the start right. line has moved. They, they are different people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you okay.
0: So you started racing, got more involved in the whole international scene. Uh I know you cross-raced at one point. How is that? Which I guess we call it something different here, but how is that different?
2: Oh my gosh, awesome. So <laughs> absolutely awesome. So I raced a mountain bike in this country and a fell race. So far so race like cross-country running up mountains. Mm-hmm so everybody said Nikki why don't you cross race so i thought i'll have a go at one and it was hideously cold and horrible but it was brilliant so it was up in the lake district so it was yeah pretty grim but it was really really good and i thought so i won that or won my age won the british champs and i thought actually no i really enjoy this really enjoy it so um then i went to uh, ibiza to do the europeans um, and there was, then you could do a cross duathlon. Now, you don't have a cross duathlon at Worlds. You have it at Europeans, but not at Worlds. Okay. So that's run by run. Uh, then there was an equathlon and then there was a cross try on consecutive days. And they weren't really on consecutive days. So I entered all three because I thought that sounds a sensible thing to do. If you're going to go for my beautiful one, I'll do all of them. So um, did the cross duathlon and I won that because uh, the person in front, their, their chain broke. So it was just unlucky. And then, the next day was I thought I'd just do the aquafron as a bit of a you know, a bit of a faff about and uh, but that was awesome because it was a bit like a mini alcatraz in that we went out on a boat out to sea, um, Jorge chartered some big party boat with lots of wave music and we all powered on, jumped off the back, swam a kilometre back in and five K round the thing. And then there was a cross dry the following day. And um, I had one of my children with me, and I won that as well. And he goes, Mum, you only won because everybody else saw the course and had a heart attack. <laughs> so, yeah, it's different. It's really, really different. And if, you, if you're prepared to knuckle down, get hard, get dirty, and, re- and re- it really hurts, though. It really hurts. It's not like a normal race at all. People, really? Yeah, people think if I can ride a mountain bike or I can ride a cyclocross bike, I can do a cross try. It's nice. It's one hell of a lot harder than you think it is. Why? Because it's relentless. If you're on the road, on a bike, yeah, you can maybe ease off a bit. You can maybe have a bit of a spin. If it's a drafting race, you can get a ride. On a mountain bike, you don't have two—you a second to think because you're either going up hard or down scary. Okay. There's so, moment. <laughs> uh, so are
0: you still doing it cross then or do you uh- –
2: so, Almere, um, hopefully racing there uh, in the world, and uh, Italy is the Europeans. Okay. Uh, so hopefully, I hopefully the sprint in Bermuda.
0: Yeah, the sprint in Bermuda, but is that cross? I thought that was like the
2: yeah, normal. I'll we'll do that as a normal race.
0: Yeah, because yeah, I was talking to them yesterday about the relay. Are you going to do the relay, the age group relay?
2: If if I can see, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So everybody's picking their teams a different way. So um, obviously, I helped write the policy to write the team, but I didn't write it so that I could get in.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah, they're gonna. I don't. In the US, they're gonna like mash people up in a Facebook group. I don't know. It's it's gonna be crazy. So. Oh
2: no! Because I I did a presentation to uh, the e-board about it, or to a meeting about it, and I said, yeah, can you imagine? The noise, that tunnel of noise, when everyone's finished racing and then the next day or the day after, you've just got the relays and you've got all your teammates who aren't racing screaming for their country going down those roads and around yeah. those run routes. It'd be phenomenal. Wall of noise.
0: Yeah, no, I think it'll be cool. It'll be fun. So yeah. um, you mentioned you brought one of your kids with you to uh, Ibiza. And, uh, I mean, you have four kids too. Mm-hmm. And you run a, a bed and breakfast. Yeah, and, and you. I mean, today you said you had to give a presentation to some kids about cycling safety. So to some truck drivers about cycling safety. What are all the things you do?
2: Uh, so I teach cycling to kids. Teach cycling to teach lorry drivers not to kill cyclists on the road. Uh, I do some coaching. I do some one-to-one coaching, and I train myself as well in the spare time, in the gaps. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of fits. The bed and breakfast fits. Okay. Um, no, we muddle through. We muddle through. We muddle so,
0: a couple of years ago, you also got named or asked, or I don't even know, to the World Tri Age Group Commission. What is the World Tri Age Group? I don't think any of us have ever heard of that before. So, that how does it was work?
2: After a meeting in Seoul, because uh, basically there wasn't a voice at World Triathlon or ITU as it was then, there wasn't somebody. Having a voice and having an opinion and being consulted to, not in a derogatory way, I don't mean, uh, by the World Triathlon, by the board and by the other committees. So there was a multi-sport committee, a women's committee, a rules and tech committee, but age group was really rocketing in terms of numbers. So I I was getting left out of a lot of conversations, a lot of miscommunication going on or or cross-communication not happening. So they set up a commission. So a commission is appointed people, not elected people, like a committee. And... um, so we ran that for a few years and then I was asked to chair it, which is what I do now. And uh, it's gone from being kind of like an underground little voice now to being quite... We are, we are asked sensible questions, and we're asked to write strategies, and we are asked to present to Congress, and we do get the phone picked up to us, and we get meetings called. So we are a whole part of that process now.
0: But you um, say you're asked sensible questions. What are what are non sensible questions?
2: A non sensible question would be about yeah. uh, you know, a course, whereas we want to know about uh, are we gonna go draft legal for the sprint? What are the implications for that? You know, our age group is wanting to go draft legal? By going oh, draft for the sprint, then you you've got the opportunity. If you don't want to draft, you can do the standard. How do you think age groupers are gonna appreciate a relay? You know, do we want a time trial? A super prime tile, do we want a cross triathlon?
0: Right, right.
2: Okay, sensible things like that. Well, we think they're sensible anyway.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, how does uh, what I mean, you kind of just listed a few of the things, but what does the age group commission oversee? Because most people, when you think world triathlon, you think elite racing, you think Olympics.
2: So, it only literally is only concerned with age groupers, but right we have a close relationship with the women's committee or be- a better one now and with the rules and tech, uh, because what was happening was rules and tech were making decisions and making rules without thinking about the age group implication. They would think about the elite implication, but they would forget about the implication. And it wasn't because they were doing it deliberately. It was because they just just didn't do it was as simple as that. Right. Um, and then things like where races are going to be, where they where if the event venue is going to be split, so like in Europe they split one year. No, you mean split split venue, so they had Hamburg and uh, no Dusseldorf and Kitzbühel one year. They split the sprint and the standard a bit like they're doing this year at Edmonton and Bermuda. Mm, okay. Yeah. So we're asked about that, and rather than um, you know the e board making a decision, they actually come to us and say, "We're thinking of doing this. What do you think?"
0: Got it. Okay. And is age group racing growing in world? Tri- I mean, I know world triathlons been trying to get more and more age groupers racing, but is it working?
2: Okay. So it's the countries that race have more and more athletes. Right. Yeah. So people like us, people like the Americans, the Canadians, the Mexicans, the New Zealanders and the Canadians, they fill their slots very easily. Where the gap is, is in the countries who Don't send any or only send one or two. So that's where we're trying to fill the gap. So what we're doing with the World Triathlon Age Group Commission is asking every continent to write an age group strategy Hmm. and cascade that down to their national federations. And that's literally we're in the process of doing that right now. So Europe are almost there. They've adopted one. Oceania is on the way there. And once that happens, then you can actually go down and talk to the National Federation and say, right, here's how to build an age group community. Mm-hmm. And if they've got those tool- a toolkit, which we've got for them, of how to build an age group community, how to market it, how to put qualifying races on, how to fund those athletes, whether they can get private sponsors or whether those people are going to go themselves. But you're always going to get the issue with it is quite a It's not a cheap sport. So if you go into a poorly developed country as in triathlon developed, I don't mean financially developed, then you are, you're always going to target the people that can actually afford to do it in the first place. So that is a, that is a conundrum mm-hmm. and I think that we're just going to have to accept it. It's a bit like, you know, if you race a horse, you can't race a horse if you're not rich. It's as simple as that. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: That is very true. <laughs> to buy a horse, it is, it is expensive.
2: <laughs> So but things like but you can use little mini steps so you can put the craflons on and the craflon is a really accessible race. No bike, one transition. Mm-hmm. People are unsure. So things like the craflons now, we're trying to get that, a lot of interest going in that to get people to get hooked in. Right, if I've done an aquathlon at the worlds, actually, next time we want to do it as a proper triathlon, and you can do that. Cross-try, that's picking up. Middle distance will always pick up, and that's that's always a difficult one because it's always put on by other race organizers, not an LOC.
0: Just like local race organizers, local so race a, directors.
2: Oh, uh, no. So, that, so an LOC will put on Edmonton, Bermuda, mm-hmm. but like Challenge and Powerman are the ones that put on the middles and the duathlons. Right, right, right. So when
0: you say there's a strategy or, you know, each continent developing a strategy and you can hand then the national governing bodies like a, a toolkit, what are some of the tools? Like what is the secret to developing an age group community? So
2: you have to find your audience and whether that's in this local train pool, in the local running club, in the local cycling club, quite often it's an audience that doesn't know about triathlon. And then you have to explain to them literally how, the, how, the, how you can build a qualification system and you have to sell. Treat them as a marketing thing. You have to sell the World Triathlon. And you have to sell their continental federation competitions to them. So a lot of it is marketing rather than giving them – they don't need to learn to run and bike and swim. They need mm-hmm. to learn how to access the World Triathlon and European Triathlon, if you wanted the European example, community and the age group scene. And that's what you need to sell. A lot of them are frightened of making that step. A lot of them actually don't even know about that step. And a lot of the NFs are run on a shoestring with one man sitting in his bedroom trying to do the whole thing.
0: You mean a lot of the country federations? It's yeah. like really secretly one person.
2: Yes, okay. it doesn't look like that when you look on their website, but that yeah. is actually what happens. It's all done. It's all done by volunteers with no money and no time. Okay. So that's the so-
0: That's one of the issues. Okay. So if you need to market well, or if that whole thing is marketing, right? Marketing to age groupers. How do you do that?
2: Market to the NF first of all. Okay. So you need to get that. The continent needs to get the NF on board. It needs to engage the NF. The national federation. Yes. So when the NF is engaged and sees the point of it and sees the physical and mental health benefits, and the community engagement and how it cascades down the generations and everything that goes with it, that's your key. And that's the key that's hard to unlock.
0: Okay, but then once the National Federation cares, I'm, not, I'm, yeah, I'm like, how do we get the actual people out to the, to the races?
2: That's where we're stuck. That is where we're <laughs> stuck. That's where we're okay. stuck. Yeah. If you can tell me that, then, you know, I'd walk away from this call going, now I know what to do.
0: Okay, so we haven't figured that out yet.
2: <laughs> we haven't figured it out. We haven't figured it out. So we have lots of ideas and we have, like you say, toolkits, but we haven't – there's something there that we don't get through to. Hmm. So and you, you said look- this is
0: in yeah. – there's, like, certain countries where they just don't – like, some. where there's some countries that are really into triathlon and some just aren't, and that's – and it's those that.
2: Yeah. It's just, a bit like, you know, there's some some countries play cricket and some don't. Right. But what is quite interesting is if you look at the, if you, after a big grand final, say Lausanne or the Gold Coast, if you actually look at the list of countries that have an elite athlete. So I originally thought, right, there must be all these elite athletes going to these events and there may be one or two from that same country who is an age grouper. But it's not, it's the other way around. More countries have one or two age groupers than elites.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Surprise me.
2: So then, what we've tried to do is to hook those guys in with a. Uh, so imagine you come from a, a you know a South American country and you don't know anybody. So at a race, you, you know, you rock up to Los you don't know anybody. It's a foreign country, foreign language. You know, different way of eating, different way of talking, different way of behaving. So we then try and put you with somebody of a similar kind of upbringing. So. You know, you wouldn't put a South American with a German. You'd put a South American with a Spaniard or a Portuguese Federation because they are a type of person. And that gives them somebody they can go and talk to. uh, They can meet on site. And before long, you get a little group going of like-minded lost souls. And then they take to their friends. You know, it wasn't that bad. I didn't end up on my own. I made new friends. So that's... We have kind of like an adoption thing that we're trying to get sorted as well at the moment. Okay. So some countries, some countries aren't interested. They just say no. You know, we don't want to be part of that. A lot of the, but the most say yes. What we can do to help.
0: So that's one of the one of the things you guys are trying.
2: Yeah. So that's one of the Age Group Commission projects.
0: All right. What uh, other things do you have in the works right now?
2: Uh, we have. We're trying to get links, simple things like links from a National Federation website has an age group page with a link to their Continental Federation age group page, which doesn't exist at the moment, and a direct link to the, the World Triathlon age group page. And it's simple things like that that just take a long time to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's simple things like I was trying to figure out how, as an age grouper, would I qualify for the mixed relay in Bermuda? Like, I want to do, right? And yeah. I, I I mean, I was able to figure it out because I'm the editor-in-chief of the magazine yeah. and I just, like, called someone
2: up. But well, you you yeah, you imagine if <laughs> you were, like, you know, at home with two kids, you know, a quick racer, qualified for the sprint. And then you go, oh, how do I qualify for that? Yeah, now Britain, we've got a really good comms. Some countries have no comms at all. There'll be some countries who haven't even told their federations. There are athletes that
0: so there's a rebate. Right, right. So it's a. Uh, how many countries are there in a world triathlon? I don't know. I couldn't answer that. But like, uh, like, oh, like over 100, right? Like oh, there's 100. a lot. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And of those, I mean, I'm thinking about like how many athletes you have to deal with. It's probably like hundreds of thousands of athletes, right?
2: Oh, yeah. In the like, world. So, just in Britain, there are 6,000. You multiply. Yeah. So Britain has six thousand regular age groupers that
0: do like the world triathlon stuff.
2: Yeah, so that would be cross triathlon if you mm-hmm. do winter dry. Okay. Which is a and,
0: uh, yeah. I mean, like I guess in the US, it's like a hundred thousand or something like that, but that covers long course too, and they don't necessarily do world triathlon no, stuff.
2: It's a whole no, different, whole different portfolio of people. <laughs>
0: Do you guys ever try to get the long course people to come over, or is that just no? No, no,
2: no. That's like asking a netball player to play basketball. Just is, I mean, I don't know what that is. Yeah, around one, a different game. Yeah, interesting. There so are that's different the... communities. Yeah,
0: really. So it doesn't work. You can't like the.
2: I don't think it's the same, though. Hmm. Okay, okay.
0: You mentioned uh, with COVID this last year, it's been kind of crazy. What have been the challenges? I mean, obviously it's different. This is like a hard one because it's different in every country and you're talking about 100 plus countries. But how have you guys dealt with that from an age group world try standpoint?
2: Bizarrely, there's been a lot of positives. Okay. It's it's actually not been a bad thing. So... Well, it's uh, been like a, a bad thing. Yeah, but... No, yeah, from uh, a... <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's been a very bad thing um So initially everybody thinks, oh my gosh, you know there's going to be you know, no races everybody's going to go start playing other sports people are going to you know go go virtual, go on on all platforms and never race again and uh, you know sustainability means they're going to think about not traveling and all that sort of stuff but actually what's happened is that there's been far more engagement with NFs have fully or more engaged with their athletes now than before because originally the athletes would only engage with their nf when it'd be like when's the payment date what uniform do i need right. where do I want to be and when and um if you went on any of the social media sites it would be like you know do i have to bring should i take discs and is it a wetsuit swim those were always the classic questions you know mm-hmm. so it out, is it going to be a wetsuit swim i don't know <laughs> <You know. laughs> I don't know if you, you know, there was a year when we all raced in Vancouver and it was the coldest of the year on record in Vancouver, and everybody had half anticipated it being no wetsuit swimmers. Oh, really? <laughs> people out with, I remember Leslie Buchanan and all her crowd were practically pulling people out with hypothermia. Um, but now it's it's built a community of, oh, what are you doing? How, do you know? How are you racing? How are you training? How are you keeping cheerful over lockdown? You know, when you weren't allowed out, or, you know, which platforms were you using? And now we can race again. Which one should we all go to? So it's actually worked the other
0: yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, we hosted a town hall with USA Triathlon. And most of the questions, I mean, a lot of the questions were to your point, like, do, is is Nationals going to be wetsuit? Can I bring spectators to Nationals? Will there be, you know, like they were very... Yeah. But, there, but there was a lot, a lot of people on that. A yeah.
2: lot of people. We've been amazed, actually. It's, it's taken us by surprise. And I think if you talk to some of the other countries, it's, it, the same thing has happened. So, so do you
0: think that's going to continue now?
2: Yeah. We originally thought we are going to lose athletes left, right, and centre. Yeah. I think there will be some that go, but I think our uptake is higher than we ever imagined it would be as in membership. And I think if you, if you talk to a lot of the other countries, it's the same. And that's my surprise, you know, the platforms, um, you know, there's quite a few out there platforms have really engaged people more than they ever did. You know, Europe has a racing platform, Britain, we have it. Ireland has it, you have it, you know, you have leagues going on all over the place, virtually. We do Oh,
0: virtually. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The whole thing.
2: Um, so it's actually worked the other way. Okay. Yeah.
0: Do you think we're going to see a boom now? Yeah. In age group racing.
2: I do because I think everybody's desperate to race. We've had our first races back in this country, and everybody was just desperate to race. But because there's distance and time trialled, yeah, the race, and people are actually saying, "Do you know what? I quite like this five second gap." <laughs> I don't. I quite like the washing machine myself.
0: I, quite like I mean. Machine. <laughs> i was joking i've done uh, a race now with the new, you know COVID program there are some of them i want them to keep like i want us to have appointments for when you check in i don't want to have to stand in line i like yeah, yeah, yeah. there's all these things we could do yeah
2: i like getting my race pack in the post and to, instead of having to stand in a tent yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and pick up somebody else's moldy banana her off a table yeah yeah
0: i don't know I mean, yeah so there's some things we could keep there's some things we could learn
2: for sure. yeah, so we've got so we had our first race last weekend and then we've got Leeds coming up this weekend mm-hmm. or next weekend. Uh so that's a para, a world and an age group race. So that's gonna be interesting to see how that meshes together and how much people so people have had to buy spectator tickets, so that's gonna be interesting to see how many people actually watch, how many people uh are frustrated at the fact they can't watch the age group racing. And how oh, you old, can't, oh. and how no. 'Cause of COVID, so uh, and how the whole process of five second starts goes with that volume of people for a championship race. That's gonna be quite interesting, really. It's
0: gonna be five seconds for the age group, it's not for the elite. No. Right,
2: right, right. But all those people that are racing in the age group race are all the they're all the top guys in this country and they'll right, the right. either win the British champs or qualify. So that's gonna be quite interesting to see how what they think of it.
0: Right, so the Leeds is like a really big race for the elites because it's. Yeah. I mean, at least like we're following it really closely because it's going to finally determine the last like Olympic spots. Nice. Um, I know the British team. I mean, Lucy Charles is racing. I know, and everyone wants to see if Alistair Brownlee is going. Yeah. So when it's like when it's that big a thing, does it have an effect on like getting more people out, getting the age, getting more people into age group racing? Yes, yes, because they go. Okay. I
2: want to race on the same course. I want to go on right. the blue carpet. I want to run on the same blue carpet as those guys are going to run on in an hour's time.
0: Is the blue carpet slippery? This is what I've always wondered.
2: Yeah. (laughs) 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 Uh, But they want to race on the same course. So we've often fiddled with that course at Leeds, but at the the bottom, at the end of the day, they want to race on the blue carpet.
0: Got it. Race
2: at the same festival event. Okay. So for British athlete,
0: age group athletes, leads is a big one. Yeah, it seems like a big deal. I mean, I would like... The blue carpet is interesting. I've always been curious about it. But the other thing that throws a lot of Americans, I think, is the idea of draft legal racing. Like, we don't have that here. And, uh, and I would be very scared if we just, like, threw a bunch of age groupers into draft legal racing. I'd, is there any kind of...
2: Okay. Test so ...to make sure so they know how to, to do that? But I there's lots of pros and cons over it so i i like it because i'm i kind of like that type of thing which is why i, I like the washing machine and the swim <laughs> okay. um, so the the, the re- some of the reasoning behind drafting is you can't and un- you can't draft police a sprint race on a short course, because there's too many people on it at the same time. So there's a lot of logistical reasons for doing it. And also, uh, a lot of athletes were saying, that all of Europe draft races. Well. Athletes racing in Europe is draft racing. Why can't we do it? So in the end, we said, okay, let's have a go at draft racing in the sprint. And that means if you don't like draft racing, you're still going to do the standard. You can still go and time trial the standard but you can have a go at the draft racing. So then what happened was lots of people who were, people would say, oh, but when I get out to swim, I'm not particularly good swimmer, so I need to do a really good time trial on the sprint and then the run. Whereas somebody like me, who is, I won't be at the, so imagine the line, it's a line, isn't it, and then a blob usually. And I'll be somewhere on the front of the blob. I won't be one of the first ones out of the water by any stretch of the imagination, but I'll be kind of like in the front of the blob and then what I can do is I can get into a draft pack. Right. So if I was to time for a race, I'd be rubbish okay. I'm on the bike. So I can get in a drafting pack, hang on for dear life, probably get spat out of one and drop down two or three. And then I've, ca- I've, I've actually achieved a faster bike time. I've been come up the ranks and then I'm, I'm I'm quick on the run. Sure. And then other people with different facets would say, no, it's not fair. Because for the other arguments, I mean that's
0: just like how draft draft sorry, legal rights work. So that you, is what they're. The my draft my concern though, if they were just like, oh, we're if if tomorrow, you know, like this local race I'm doing next weekend, if they were like, oh, it's gonna be draft legal, I would be like. Does everyone have the bike handling
2: skills for that? Are there no, going to be that was, that was an issue. And I have <laughs> some drafting packs and I've just thought, holy Moses, actually. <laughs> people are, particularly, you know, they twitch, they break, you know. So instead of just lifting themselves up a bit to slow down, they'll be on the brakes. And then the back wheels twitching and then the front dives a bit. And that can get quite scary. So what we found in this country is a lot of people went to their local cycling club and okay. some track racing and some crits, and learn to ride in a pack. Okay, we put on some events to ch- try and teach them, but there is a gap there around the world, definitely. Mm-hmm. And so it what, is- yeah, what is hilarious actually is if you end up in a world's race with people of all different languages, and you're in a pack of eight of you, and everybody's got a different language, so that can get quite comical actually, because <laughs> nobody knows what anybody's on about. <laughs> 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 okay,
0: does it cause problems at like the world championships and stuff? though? No. I mean for the age no. groupers?
2: No. No. Okay. No. No. no, no. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm absolutely biased because I really like it. But everybody I know who doesn't like it has switched to standard.
0: Okay. Interesting.
2: Or you don't have to ride in the pack. Well, yeah. you could. You can sit somewhere safe, a bit like in the washing machine. You can just—you don't have to sit in the washing machine. You don't have to sit in a bike pack. You can sit to the side if you want to. Right. I,
0: I, yeah, I would, I would be curious about the accidents, but you're saying that people learn,
2: people figure yeah, it out. You know, there have been some accidents. There have, yeah, yeah. Um, but the accidents I've known have been the people, the fast people who actually. Mm. It's not been the beginners, and. It's been the fast people, and it's just been one of those things. It's not been right. making mistakes.
0: Right. I think
2: okay. beginners don't get close enough. They're too nervous. They're not sure. sit right on somebody's wheel.
0: I could see that. Okay.
2: Yeah. And what's what helpful as well is when you've got the talent processes coming through the different countries. If you've got the kids draft racing, mm. they're already used to draft racing when they become youths and juniors.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So you also, I know uh, during COVID, uh, you were also making some videos, right?
2: That oh, yeah. you got kind yeah. of viral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I I did a thing called Morning All, and it started at eight o'clock every morning, and um, they they were kind of like rip offs of uh, what you did in a transition and what you did in a swim run, and uh, kind of like a bit goony. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it, so I it, I went on my Facebook page with them, and they went up probably two or three times a week i put them up um oh, there was one with um you know the, the classic of putting your helmet on and then trying to put something else on top oh there were, there were loads of them loads of them and um i was in the shed one day in the barn and i was using my uh swim cords as, as um what do you call those things uh, uh, uh what do you call those things the swim cords the poles yeah. the bands uh, yeah my stuff all over the place at targets so the, at the end of the day, I was getting over a 1,000 views on them. Um, so that was quite funny, and people were engaging one. There's a really good one of uh, the night before a race when you don't go to sleep and you keep emptying your kit bag out because you're not sure you've got everything, and you set three alarms, and you put your wetsuit on in bed in case you forget it and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, yeah, they went, quite, they went quite viral. Lots of people said you need your own YouTube channel, but I haven't got time to do that. And then they won the National Award for um, uh, Virtual Event of the Year.
0: Virtual event. Okay.
2: I actually of to the year. So I was quite pleased with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't expect that at all. <laughs> all right. So you're going to make more videos now then? Well, I, I kind of like, run out of ideas when we had the second lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what I'll do before Leeds is uh, I think I might put that one back up to remind everybody that of the night before when you can't sleep.
0: Right, right, I'm right. right. That, that makes sense. Night. Right. Are you racing in Leeds?
2: And I'm, I'm going to sprint at Leeds. Uh, and uh, I can't, I can't but there's other stuff going on on the Sunday, can't yeah. And I'll do the sprint, I, I like the sprint. I'm a sprinter, not a standard distance racer. All
0: right, here's my question for you, though, because we're going to be doing a lot of like preview stuff and you know, for the elite race. What's your prediction then for Leeds next weekend?
2: I don't know, because I don't know who's going to be there. Everyone's going to yeah. be yeah. there. <laughs> We've just, you know, we can't go to France. Um, no, I'm not going to answer that. Okay. okay, all right, all right. That one completely. <laughs> I see some Brits on the podium.
0: Yeah. There should be some Brits, I would think. Yeah. I would think that will happen. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, we usually finish with the would you rather, so here's my would you rather for you. Oh, cross? Really? Go cross try? duathlon, or or sprint drafting? Try. Okay. Hmm, you're thinking.
2: Do I have to choose?
0: Yeah, that's the whole point of a would you rather. Cross duathlon. Cross duathlon. Okay.
2: No cross try. Did did I have a choice of a cross try? Did Do we have one?
0: Did I have a choice of a cross try? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you would pick cross try. Okay.
2: Yes, because I have mastered it, and it's really hard. And it's really Uh, hard. Yeah okay i've still got a lot to learn yeah
0: and there is an ITU uh cross try world championships right
2: yes but there's not a duathlon europe have a duathlon world cross try so that should be in Almere, and then next year in townsville
0: well. cool well yep. thank you so much for explaining all of the uh the age group commission to us and and for answering all the questions This week we're talking to Tracy Koshin, 2020's most inspirational comeback. You won the award from USA Triathlon, and I gotta tell you, Tracy, like the little blurb just said, you went through a lot the last two years—multiple surgeries, multiple injuries, months of rehab. I feel like there's a big story behind that. I feel like you gotta tell us
3: <laughs> what happened. Um, sure. Yeah, it was. Um, thank you, USAT. It was pretty great to get that award and super surprising. But um, yeah, I think like most age groupers, we get hurt. And sometimes we push through it to the point where we shouldn't. And my sort of journey started with, I think, an overtraining injury, which I tore my hamstring tendon. If anyone knows, that obviously takes a significant amount of time. Um, I did that in the summer, and I was off of my legs for seven months.
0: Like like off, like nothing? uh,
3: No, I was swimming with a buoy. Okay. OK, <laughs> and so like every other age group where I think swimming is not my favorite. So um, I was doing a lot of swimming and I started to get a little better. Um, and I was seeing tons of specialists in Manhattan, which is pretty far from where I live, and just trying to get better and, and get my body back. And it turned out that my shoulder started to hurt after seven months of that. And I had a cyst growing in uh, my shoulder joint so i immediately just had to have surgery to remove that cyst so now we're in the spring i go for surgery they tell me it's not going to be a big deal we're going to go in we're going to decompress the cyst we're going to take it out you're going to be fine except <laughs> when you go in for surgery they go in and they you know take care of the cyst but what they didn't realize i had an anatomical variance which meant that there was a lot more work that needed to be done which included cutting my biceps, tendon, Ooh. and then screwing it into my bone. So that recovery became not six weeks, but, you know, it should have been five months. Okay. But during the surgery, there was some injury done to my nerves, my brachial nerves. that go down from my neck to my shoulder, to my hand, and I couldn't lift my arm up. <laughs> I mean, literally for another year. So, I mean, I'm literally just getting some movement back, um, thank goodness. But that was tons of specialists, tons of surgery, tons of rehab, tons of, you know, just crying and all of this stuff. But when I finally was given the go-ahead to run, I, you know, secretly decided to we'll talk to my coach, let's let's see if I can do a giraffe on just okay. for fun cuz I'm crazy and I thought I'm I'm out of a sling for not 2 days and I want to race. Um so I did 3 races in 28 days. I won them all and I got a serious ranking. Thank you USAT for a one month season. Um so I'm not sure and again that's just the injuries. A lot goes into that um which we could talk about after just mental and you know being right. a female and having a family and just struggling, um, being injured, and just what goes along with that. But that I think that's in a nutshell what had happened. It was just you know unexpected injuries with with unexpected complications.
0: I think um, I mean like you kind of mentioned, a lot of age groups go through this. A lot of uh, all athletes go through. I mean pros go through this too. But right. you were you were you were a pretty good triathlete before. And I think the the challenge for a lot of people is they have one injury, they think okay I can get through. And then they have another, and then another, and then like one thing, and then suddenly like a year and a half two years exactly how um, do you deal with that yeah
3: oh my god i cried (laughs) a lot (laughs) i cried so much my family had to listen to me cry i think my kids thought i was crazy my coach god bless him listened to me cry um how do you deal with it i think there comes a point where you have to actually recognize that it's time to stop (laughs) okay I mean, it's not crying crazy, or stop trading. Just stop. Just stop. Just focus more on recovery. There's lots right. of mental work that needs to be done. Um, I was so depressed. I mean, like, you know, we spent how many hours a day working on us, exercising, you know, stretching, running, swimming, biking, strength, you know, and my whole life has been like that. And all of a sudden that was all taken away from me. Mm-hmm. So um, I had to accept that and sort of start from scratch. But I now know my protocol definitely involves a lot more recovery, a lot more active recovery. Um, and I listen to my body. If I think it's too much, it's too much. And my coach is kind of, which I think is super great, he's designed my program to make sure I'm not doing, I'm getting quality workouts in, not just hours and quantity. Right. So, which I know I've read a lot that that's becoming like a trend, which I support. But um, yeah, I mean, it just stinks. (laughs) Getting hurt stinks. Everyone out there, like we all know, it just stinks. And you think you can persevere. And sometimes you just shouldn't. Um, And I think that is kind of what I've learned now, Mm -hmm. a little time later, and I'm gearing up for I hope a good triathlon season, including the swimming.
0: <laughs> right. I was going to say, so, I mean, was it easier or harder having to like not do anything during COVID? Cause there's some people for whom they're like, well, no, one's doing anything. It's fine. And some people, you know, right. it just, it just was like one more terrible shitty thing that happened last year. Um, right?
3: <laughs> it actually, the stress of no season mm-hmm. was really helpful. And it's, I spent a lot of time working on things I normally wouldn't work on. Like everything just kind of slowed down. Okay. And that, um, I think that was actually helpful. I'm not gonna lie, I was outside a lot, which is great for everyone. And um, yeah, I think it might've just the no press, like the no stress of having to get back in it and race and um, be part of it was like everyone around me was going through it. So right. it was a good time to really focus on other things related to the sport and just to getting ready for now, which is great. Right. right.
0: You mentioned, obviously you have a family, you're a lawyer, you have a lot of other stuff going on. How did you even get, I always ask people, how did you even get started in triathlon
3: in the first place? Oh, this is, this is, I think this is a funny story, but it's just (laughs) silly. Everyone has a silly story, right? So 2013, I started, I was always pretty active. Um, Mm -hmm. I played sports in high school, college, and, um, I just always ran, I ran through law school to keep me sane. And um, there's always an excuse to be outside, things like that. So in 2013, I started working out with a new personal trainer who is now my coach and their friends. And they were like, we're gonna train you to run a half marathon. I said, okay, they gave me a time because they've been trying to get me, they were Ironman and they were were trying to get me to do it. And I'm just like, no, I'm not changing my shoes.
0: (laughs) I'm not changing my shoes. I'm
3: saying one discipline. Like, I know, like I had zero interest. So, um, they gave me a time to beat. in the, if you beat this time in the half marathon, which to me seemed crazy, um, you have to do a triathlon. I wound up coming in third and i i beat the time by a lot so there i had to hold up my end of the bargain and um there i was a couple months later my first triathlon sprint triathlon in south jersey and i won (laughs) so when you win your first race you're kind of like all right i'm in and um yeah it was it was fun and scary and it's still scary but it was really fun and i kind of got hooked on the training more than the racing i mean i like the racing but I love the, the structure of training. Okay. I think it's really good to be mapped out and know what you're doing and focus on goals, um, on like daily goals, which that are weekly goals, which then become season goals. Mm-hmm. And I like that whole, I guess I always did, but I like that whole mentality. It keeps me focused it um and it's for me so it's something i can do i've done a lot of things but this is the one that i feel like i chose to do for me so um yeah that's how i got involved on a dare (laughs) on a dare
0: you'd be surprised (laughs) how many stories start that way actually i'm sure
3: i'm so sure and the, i mean i like that it's a solo sport surrounded by great people that's kind of what i like about it all right
0: how do you i mean we always get this everyone has to deal with this how do you balance all the time i mean it's not like you have an easy job. It's not like it's not like there's not other things going on in your life. How do you make it all work?
3: Um, I'm very good at time management. <laughs> I plan everything around it. Okay. I always did. I mean, when my kids are now older, but when they were little, I got up at four in the morning. I did what I had to do at four in the morning. Um, and now I just make it work. I just it's important to me, and I make sure nobody else suffers. Nothing else suffers. And it's, it's amazing when you want to do something, you can certainly find time for it.
0: Right. what's the saying like you find time for what you want to find time for
3: exactly and i think right. that's 100 percent true like i'll get up at four in the morning if i have to because i want to you know but um so yeah so that's kind of where i'm at but it's you're i'm tired as the years go on i'm getting tired <laughs> all
0: right yeah i mean i'm tired i get it do you involve <laughs> the i mean we we actually just were talking about this a couple of weeks ago do you involve the family at all do you like I, bring them along
3: I actually don't. Okay. I don't. This is li- literally for me. And and I kind of, I have anxiety. So I'm just like, you know what? Let me just do this. And I have a lot of support. Um, but I just, I like to do it by myself for me. And um, yeah, so I'm not one of those people with like 12 kids in tow and like right. the, whole, the whole shebang. If anything, you know, it's like my father <laughs> who comes everywhere with me, but no, it's it's just a solo flight, some friends that do it with me, things like that.
0: Okay. And who nominated you for the most inspirational comeback? I'm assuming it was one of your training club it was my.
3: Or- it was actually my coach. Okay. Who, um, again, like I mentioned earlier, God bless him, because he really put up with a lot and really, you know, focused on making sure I was getting the right attention to rehab and get my shoulder back and all of that. So it's amazing. You, I needed a little help and I got a lot of help and here I am and it's really great. How did the whole,
0: so he nominated you and then did they vote? How did that work?
3: I actually have no idea. Okay. See, that's something I, I don't know. I mean, I got an email that I wanted and I was like, wow, I didn't even know I was nominated. So. <laughs> Um, I'm not really sure how that works. I know there's like, you know, several hundred thousand people who apply or get nominated Mm -hmm. for it every year. And um, I think it's kind of cool that I'm just, I think there are a lot of people out there like me. And I think that's, that's cool. Like I, I think that that's a very, it acknowledges that there are age groupers out there doing their best. And when someone gives you a nod, it always feels great. Right. That makes sense. Is there was there a, a prize that came with it? I got a really awesome USAT cycling jersey. Oh, okay. And a Wahoo um here's a little plug for Wahoo. A Wahoo heart rate monitor. Oh, ticker, yeah. Which yeah, is the... super cool. So yeah, useful. I mean I I love the jerseys awesome. I'll take it. <laughs> I feel like a badass now when I'm on my bike. <laughs>
0: And so you, uh, I mean, you mentioned this, but just so people know, like you did triathlon before and now when you kind of came back and you said you did three races in 20 days, they were all duathlons.
3: All duathlon. Yeah. And I have to tell you those people who, I mean, I thought, Oh, I don't have to swim. No big deal. It's a different race and it is hard. And those people are fast. So, um, it, it was really fun and different. And the training was a little different. Um, but it was really fun. I mean, it was exhilarating, like going from the running to the biking to the running, since I had not usually done that. Um, you have to get, I mean, we get used to running off the bike, but running before the bike is a very different thing too. So it was yeah. fun.
0: In my, like the handful I've mean, done, the challenge is always that first run is so fast.
3: People go so fast on that first oh, run. it is. <laughs> yes and you can't help yourself and i think i'm like a punk i always go out fast <laughs> and so it's even when i'm training like i I've, I've slowed that down but yeah i'm like a punk for the first time and then you it hits you you're like oh no i have to do this again but um it was it was really fun and the races were fun um and shocking because the first one i did i came in third overall which means i beat all of the men except uh, two. Okay. so that was that was pretty great um that was a good feeling and yeah there it was just exciting it was exciting and fun and i'm actually looking forward to racing now that i'm reminiscing about it with you
0: <laughs> so yeah i mean yeah you won i mean you won the women's division in the races you were third overall you ended up being what ranked first in new jersey seventh in the country right like yes are you going to stick with duathlon now <sighs>
3: Oh, I'm actually not right now. I mean, maybe <laughs> I'll throw one or two in, but I I kind of I had some short, bucket list goals I kind of want to get in um this season. So, I'm running really well, I'm cycling really well, my swimming's coming along. So, I think I'm going to jump back into triathlon and see how I can do. Okay. What
0: are the goals? I feel like I had a gotta...
3: um Oh, man. So, I just want to I have some, like, lofty 70.3 goals, so okay. I'm going to try to try to work that out in AC in September. Oh, okay, Linux City. So I'm going to do my best, and, um, yeah, see if I can do my best.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and how, I mean, you said you are going, but you only just are able to raise your arm over your head. I would imagine that's really hard to get back into swimming. How are you um, kind of, like, progressing oh with that?
3: Um, I'm back in physical therapy. I am mm. swimming, but I'm having some very difficult serratus issues, where swimming becomes an issue entirely because everything takes over and then it hurts and I, I get bursitis and it's a whole thing. But um, I'm just taking it day by day and making, I have great people around me taking care of me. My physical therapist is phenomenal, my orthopedist is great. So I have a lot of great people who care about me and are doing great. Things with me so that I can be my best. And I feel super fortunate and lucky um, because all of these people have not only been my providers, but they've become like very good friends because they care and they're kind of doing it, going through it with me. And it's amazing how many people you rely on. Right. When it comes to stuff like that, when you're injured and just keeping yourself kind of, you know, going.
0: How do you go back to swimming? just like logistically training wise after that longer break after not being able i mean do you have to start really slow do you have to start with other strokes because i can't imagine swimming freestyle if i couldn't
3: put my arm over (laughs) Um, my head i started really slow like really slow um and it's a lot of hyper focus on making sure i'm not overcompensating Hmm. with my traps and things like that like using lats and like it's It's so frustrating because swimming is so difficult anyway, for me, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I'm competent, but swimming is just a difficult part of it for me. And knowing that I have a weakness on that side, I feel like I'm hyper-focused on getting better and using all the right muscles and strengthening them. And it started very slow, but I'm happy to say it's kind of progressing. So that's kind of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's just so many people out there who struggle right. with, with one of the disciplines. And I feel like a lot of times it's the swimming.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you didn't grow up swimming, it can be very challenging.
3: Right, I wasn't a competitive swimmer, but I mean, I've been thank God I've been swimming since I'm three, but not competitively at all. I see these people in the pool and I'm just, wow. <laughs> wow, like, you know, they're like 38 years older than me and they're just whizzing by, so impressive.
0: Yeah. No, it's crazy. Did your, did your biking and running then get better in the last year? Did you really focus on that? How did you kind of, what did you um, focus on? Absolutely.
3: Your, I, yeah? I focused on my bike for like first and foremost, cause I could do Zwift inside. Mm. Um, So I was Zwifting with my sling on pretty much. And then, so my biking really improved. My running, however, has significantly improved um, oh, really? over the past, over the pandemic. I think I've never run this fast and I was always pretty quick. So that was always the best of the disciplines for me. But now I feel super confident um, with how I'm doing in the running department. So that definitely got better. And so did the cycling. So we'll see if I can put it all together. That's the goal, okay. right? That's, yeah. Yeah, with nothing else <laughs> happening. Five hours, anything can happen. So um, yeah, it's it's fun. I'm looking forward to it. Really cool.
0: What was the hard, I like, got of the last two years, you know, all these different things that happened, what was the hardest part? What was the point where you were like, that's it, like, I'm done. I'm not going to do this anymore. Like, um, I don't need this.
3: Oh, that's tough. I think the hardest part was, like, the coupling of the injuries. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have a bad back anyway that I've always sort of been maintaining. And then I tore my hamstring tendon, which is all related. And then... I think as I was coming out of that, and then I found out I absolutely needed mm-hmm. surgery for my shoulder. I think that was it for me. That was right my hand. mental yeah. moment of like, are really, are you kidding me, like this, now this? Right. So and And it was the opposite part of my body. So it was like, great, now that my bottom is healed, my top is not working. <laughs> this is crazy. So I think that might have been it. And then I struggled significantly with depression and just, mm-hmm. you know. I just really felt lost, you know, just kind of like, what am I doing? This is not who I am. This is not who I want to be. All of those things go through your head. I'm constantly at doctors. And now I'm, you know, I got an ice pack on my shoulder for six months. Like it it was crazy, but, um, you come out on the other side better. And okay. I think I have a much better appreciation for recovery. Right. 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 And resting.
0: Well, I, I feel like I would have been super frustrated coming out of the surgery and realizing that you know there had been issues and complications. and now like that yeah. would have been my point when I would have been like, oh.
3: Yeah, I mean, I was at neurologists because you know, the, not I couldn't lift my arm up. That was like a real. I couldn't right. turn doorknobs. I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't open the cabinets, put the the dishes away. It was, it was really like a daily struggle. So the fact that I actually raced after that. And really not that many months after that was kind of, now that I think about it, cr- kind of crazy. <laughs> I couldn't put the dishes away, but I could certainly get on my bike, um, which seems pretty much very. I crazy. feel like it's
0: very triathlete, right? I don't know how many times I know people are like, oh, yeah. I had a crash, but I don't need my face to right. run. right?"
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen many people finish races bleeding. Right, right. So um, yeah, so it's, it's good. I think I like that about the sport. I think everyone sort of, you know, like doing their best. I like that.
0: What would be your advice? Cause like you've said, I mean, you know, you're, you're basically like a regular age grouper, right? Lots of people are in the same spot. Like other people go through these like multiple injuries, multiple, multiple issues and pile on top of each other. What would be your advice to them?
3: Um, I think foremost, make sure you're getting the proper care. So if you're hurt or you feel hurt, Make sure someone looks at it. Make sure you know what you're dealing with. I think the more information you have, the better you can deal with what you're going through. So again, I can't thank my doctors enough and
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, my therapist, my physical therapist enough, things like that, and really listen to your body. If it's if it's chronic, chronic is bad. <laughs> so if you're having chronic pain like in your hamstring, maybe you should just back off for a little bit, you know. So my advice just is listen to your body and and make sure you're surrounded by supportive, intelligent people who can help. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the best.
0: Yeah, if you if you're having chronic pain, that's a good uh, note. You should I probably mean, chronic stop. is
3: the <laughs> chronic is bad. <laughs> I mean, that's just the truth. Like I and I had chronic pain for a long time. So um, yeah, you know, we learn, we learn how to deal. Right, right, right. All
0: right, well, we always finish with a would you rather. Here's our would you rather for you, oh, right? Boy. Ready? Okay. Well, this is gonna be simple. Would you rather run duathlon or triathlon?
3: What race or run? What do you mean race? Like, would you rather oh. do
0: a running race, duathlon, or triathlon?
3: Ooh. Um, oh, <laughs> I think duathlon. Oh, okay. You weren't hey. ready for that, right? No, I wasn't. Because it eliminates the swim, so it's like the unknown for me, and I feel like I could, you know, kill it. Okay. That could be my punky self-talking, but.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking with us, Tracy. And congratulations on the comeback.
3: Thank you. Thanks. This is great.
0: Thanks to everyone for our age group special, Tracy and Nicola. And thanks to Sid for giving us the UK breakdown. We hope you're getting as excited for the Olympics as we are. Keep training and keep listening.